Amen. In your Bibles, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 here in just a moment. <clears throat> but that Romans is that great book um, where Paul lays out the entire plan of salvation for us. And uh, so often we tend to stop short at the idea of justification and forgiveness. But there is a whole part of, of Romans where Paul talks about um, what the Christian life should look like after salvation. And uh, he, he gets into that in various places. Romans chapter 8 is an example. Uh, in 9, 10 through 11, he talks about how salvation is for all the world and not just the Israelites. But in chapter 12, he returns to that idea of the transformation that the gospel um, uh, wroughts in people, the changes that, that are made in a person, and uh, it, 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 he gets into that and digs into that and what it should look like in practical ways here at the end of Romans. So I want to read to you those first two verse, verses here of chapter 12. And you've heard, maybe you've heard these before, um, that they're read often in the church. But it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the, this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Many of us, you know, especially believers today, and sometimes unbelievers, um, who, who, actually, who actually may believe in God, but don't really accept Christ and His salvation, um, they often wonder about what God's will is for my life. I, th I think we all have the, this, this sense that, that there is some sort of purpose and, and a will and a plan behind our lives even if we haven't fully accepted Christ as Savior. I think, I think people um, have to have this general sense of, of, of um, desiring to know what the future is and, and what the life holds for me. What does He want me to do is often a question. How would God want me to even react in, in certain situations? What, does God want, what would God want me to do? And sometimes, you know, there's also a lot of people um, these days that, that don't really even seek God's will in their, in their lives or in a particular situation. Um, in general, people tend to react on emotion. And I think that's part of the human condition. Or, or however, however they may feel on a particular day. Uh, so, somebody gets angry with me, and I get angry back. <laughs> Uh, so somebody cuts me off in traffic, and I, and I, and I may speed up and, and uh, get behind them. Uh, you know, we, we make these decisions on, um, our, um, our, our, on our own passions and on our own emotions a lot of times. And in general, the world tends to be focused on itself. The, the people, individuals in the world, tend to be focused on themselves and, and their passions 
rather than on what God wants. And believers especially need to allow God's grace to transform them, as Paul says here, in a complete way so that they can discern fully what God's will is for our lives. Paul here in, in this passage starts off by saying, I urge you, I appeal to you, that the different versions say different things. But it all has to do with this urgency on Paul's behalf, speaking to the brothers, and of course we know that brothers um, here is talking about in general that those who are believers and, and are partakers in Jesus Christ. So he's not just addressing people out here in the world, he's addressing the church here. And by brothers, of course, he's not excluding women. Let's get over that little thing here. The Greeks used the, the, the masculine uh, nouns to mean humanity in general, th th those who are part of the church in general. So brothers and sisters are included here. Um, the New Living Translation says brothers and sisters. But this, but this is including all believers, all, all you who believe, the ones who are um, in Jesus Christ and that, that Paul considers those his siblings and, and, and his, his, the ones who share in Christ with him. He says, By the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The first step, then, in, in Paul's mind, in, in understanding what God's will is and, and being able to, uh, to live it out in, in our lives, first and foremost is the faithful sacrifice of ourselves to God. Now, we all know that word sacrifice um, often refers to um, a victim in, 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 in some sort of ritual who, who is being killed in, in order to uh, um, expiate or perpetuate, you know, pr propitiate, whatever, whatever those fancy terms that we use, um, uh, one's sins or, or to um, in some way please the God that, that we're worshiping. It often indicates a death. But Paul qualifies it by saying living sacrifice. He wants us to be a living sacrifice. In other words, somebody who surrenders ourselves over to God. We, we're laying our life down before Him. And, 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 and not, not necessarily in, in a physical way, but, but, but in, in, in a metaphorical way, in, 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 a, in a mental way, surrendering ourselves over to God. Laying our life before Him. And what that means is, is that every aspect of my life I recognize in my heart and in my mind truly in every way it belongs to God every aspect from, from, from my heart and my mind my emotions my passions even down to my work and my possessions and my family every part of, of, of my inner and outer life everything that, that's within my scope, everything surrendered to God for His use. And what he's saying here is if we really want to know what God wants for us, if we really, really want to know God's purpose for us, if we really want to know His will, if we're ever confused about where God wants us to go or what God wants us to say, 
or, or, or what God has for me in, in my future? What, what, what is His purpose? What are His plans? The way to fully have that understanding is to surrender ourselves fully to God, every aspect of us. Why? Because it's a recognition of who God is and who we are. God is, is the infinite God of the universe who has no beginning, no end. None are beside Him. None are above Him. He has made all things, and all things in this world are ultimately His. He is the sovereign God of the universe. There is no one who can challenge Him in His power or in His presence. And His, his will is, is all that there is. But this God also is a God, like I said, of infinite love and mercy and grace. And He has a special connection because, with, with human beings because they're made in his, specifically in His image. And we are His creation. We were made by Him. We were made for Him. We were made for our relationship with Him. We, 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 we were made to reflect Him in this world. We were, we were originally made to be in charge of this world under God. But because of our sin and our disobedience and rejection of God, in, in, in the ancient times when, we were, when mankind was still in the garden, we, we gave Satan the place over the world. And now he, he runs the show, and, he, and he, he's the one that says, and speaks to our hearts and minds, and um, he, he's the one that, that tries to tempt us and drag us away from God. But because we, we made that decision long ago, our own understanding is darkened. We've turned away from Him. We, we've lost a relationship with God. Human beings that in general have turned away from Him, and therefore our, our thoughts are darkened, our understanding is darkened, it, it, it's, it's, it's limited, it, it's, it's turned inwardly, so that we're only focused on our emotions and passions and those kinds of things, and we, and we rarely think about the things of God or even care about them. Not truly. A lot of times we, we just people just use God and, and his name to serve to serve self even. And and here in Romans chapter twelve, he, he connects back to the beginning of Romans where he talks about the condition of humanity. Where he says that, that they that, that the human beings in the garden exchanged the truth for a lie and their foolish hearts were darkened. When they listened to, to the devil they, they, they um, rejected God and turned away from Him and corruption filled the whole earth so much so that, that their, their understanding is darkened. And our understanding is still darkened. It doesn't matter what kind of scientific age we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what kind of modernism we find ourselves in. All you got to do is spend a few minutes online and you can tell people's understanding is completely darkened and even weird. But the fullness of salvation, you know, the, the forgiveness, our, our belief in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins, when we come to a saving knowledge of Him, realizing that, hey, I am sinful and I need God's forgiveness and I need His Son's atoning power to break the curse of sin and death on my life, that is the beginning of a journey that we are taking in which, you know, 
we, we want to please God and we want to do what he asks us to do and, and, and we want to discern his will for our lives and we, and we care now about what God thinks and what God says. A lot of that comes from his word right here. We want it, but we, but we still don't have it. And what, a lot of times what it takes is a period of, of growth and, and, and to grow, what we have to do then is to give ourselves faithfully over to God. And that's what he's saying here. If we want our understanding of God to be clear, if, 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 if we want to know Him in an intimate way, so much because we want to please Him, we want to do what He wants, if we really and truly want it, then what we must do is fully surrender ourselves to Him. Some versions, Paul says, this is our reasonable service to God. Some versions say it's our spiritual worship. Uh, to me, they're two sides of the same coin because service to God means, means we're worshiping Him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a difficulty in, in, in translating that, those terms into English exactly. They're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. A reasonable, thoughtful service to God is the same thing as a spiritual act of worship. The Romans don't, don't do like we do, um, or the Greeks don't do like we do. The Greeks didn't have any separation between the reason and, and the spirit and those kinds of things. Um, and and, and the, the reason, what was reasonable is also spiritual. But because we live in a modern era of scientific um, discoveries and all this stuff, we, we think we're more sophisticated than them. We, we've split the idea of my mind and, and what is reasonable and then what is spiritual. In fact, we, we tend to compartmentalize everything, which I think is one of the, one of the biggest problems we have in the church today. By, by that I mean, um, here's my church life. These are my church friends, and, and, and that, that, that's where my church life is. This is where, where I'm spiritual. This is where I, I worship God. It's right here in this church. And then over here, I have my, my work life. I have my work friends. I have, I have people that, that, that I, I see during, during the daytime. And that's my work life. And the church life does not necessarily enter into the work life. Or here's my family life. My family life is, is, is um, my, my fa my, with my family. That, that, that's my, my time, my family's time. That, that, that's uh, where I, um, you know, we, we have all, all of our... Um, family relationships and, and, and whatever we, 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 we want to do um, as far as a family together. Um, and, and none of those things um, meet each other. We, 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 and we, we've pushed it out of um, religion, our, our, our faith out, out of the public life that we have in other places. We, we, we've kept our religion private. We've kept our, our therefore our faith private. Because the world tends tends to think of, of religion as just uh, something we do and not so much as something that we are. <laughs> but God is saying here, if you, if you really want to know me and understand me, if you really want to know what my will is for your life, what my purposes are, if you really want to know how to um, react in certain situations, if you really want to know what, what my will is, if you really want to know what would Jesus do, in other words, what you have to do to fully understand all that is, is to surrender everything. 
in your heart and, and, and mind, you have to say that, Lord, every part of me belongs to you. You say, well, I can't, I can't give that, Lord. I can't, I, you know. A lot of us want, want to keep, you know, our, our own control of our lives and we don't want to give it over to God. It is one of the hardest things that, that, that you and I do. But if you really want to come to know God, if you really want to draw closer to Him, if you really want to come to understand Him, even beyond the grace of forgiveness of sins, and, and, and even beyond uh, the idea of, 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 of Jesus Christ and, and the atoning sacrifice that He did for my sins, and even beyond the idea of, of receiving God's forgiveness, if I really want to know the next steps that God has for me, then I need to be fully surrendered to Him. I recognize that every part of my life, Lord, belongs to You. And so Paul says there, there's a promise attached to that. And he doesn't give it in the, in the form of a promise. He kind of gives it in, in, for, in another form of a command. But, 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 the, but it, it is the natural result of being a living sacrifice. And he says that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, he's telling the brothers and sisters in Christ, that those who have accepted Christ and His salvation, those who have received the forgiveness of sins, that they have received um, their salvation, that they have received Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the cleansing of their sins. He's telling them, that there's a chance that you might be conformed to the world again. You might still be thinking in the ways that the world does. You might still be, be, be thinking in terms of, um, I can do what I want to do. You might be thinking in terms of, I have my, my rights. And anybody who um, encroaches on my rights, uh, you know, they're, they're going to find out that they're, they're going to get um, snapped back. <laughs> the world's thinking is, um, I can do what I want to do and nobody can tell me what, what I can do. The world's thinking is, um, I'm going to find my, my solutions in, in politics. The world's thinking is, I need to have the right person in Washington, D.C. to help me. Now, I'm not against having the right person, the right people in Washington, D.C. But I always say, you know, it, God's will trumps the, the, the White House. <laughs> God's will ha has to come first. He is the sovereign God of the universe. We are one nation under God. It still says it. Still, still say, it still says in God we trust in, in, on our money. Everything. We, we have to not follow the, the, the world. for it. We, we don't need to follow the pattern of this world which is still sinful. It still wants to pull people away. I mean, you've seen what culture is like. 
I mean, especially on, on this progressive movement that's going on right now and how a activists are pushing and pushing and pushing um, things that, that, that the Bible declares are wrong. And, 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 and you know what? You know, th th this, this cultural phenomenon that we're going through, it, it always flows uphill. It starts, it starts with, with, with people who, who are sinful and, and not wanting to conform to God's will anymore, abandoning Christianity, abandoning their faith, abandoning this kind of transformation that Paul is talking about. That's the reason we're having problems in Washington, D.C., because it always flows uphill. It's, it, it's with us as individuals where, where the real change needs to lie. And it begins by offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. And, and we, we, we look at the world and, and see, see how it reacts and, and, and how, and how selfish, it, selfish people are and how self-centered people are and how self-focused people are and what we need to do is reject that and allow God to do His transforming work in us. Because grace is supposed to be transformative. It's never a one-time deal. God has to work out years in us of, of being in, in the world and part of the world and, and, and reacting in the way that, that the world does and, and reacting in, in the way that, that people react and, 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 and asserting their rights over and above other people. You better not offend me or else I'll come right back at you and I'll, I'll offend you. Sharp words and divisions are what the culture is doing today. Do not be conformed to the world. Some, some versions say to the pattern of this world. Do not be conformed to the way the world does things, but be transformed and letting God renew your mind just like we've been talking about. Christ said that the truth would set us free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We talked about that a couple weeks ago in John chapter 8. Romans 6, Paul talks about it. Dead to sin, alive, alive to God in Christ. Sin can be dead in our hearts and minds. Its power over us can be lost if we but remember to keep our, our hearts and lives free of sin, the things that cause death, the things that caused enslavement. And here Paul is saying in a different way. You want to move forward, believers, in Jesus Christ? You, you, you want to learn what God's will and way is for your life? You want to discern His purposes? You want to be, be able to test what's good and what's wrong? the difference between good and bad and right and wrong, you, you want to be able to discern those things, the first, the, 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 the step that you need to take as a believer is to recognize that everything I have, everything that I am, belongs to God. And then He can do the transforming work within us. And when we do that, we begin to learn what is acceptable and perfect. Our hearts and minds begin to come to understand who God is and what He wants for us. We, we grow deeper and, and fuller in Him. Our hearts and minds now, now in, in greater and higher ways desire to please God once we begin to have knowledge of Him. 
rather than just pleasing ourselves all the time. The focus is no longer on me and what I want, but on what God wants and, 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 and on serving other people. This is what the Bible means by sanctification. And I think this is what Paul is describing here, what a sanctified life looks like. A life that has been set apart by God for His purposes. And whatever He sets apart for His purposes, He makes them holy. There are acts of sin which salvation takes care of in our past. But we still have a will within us that wants to do its own way, that wants to ignore God, that wants to continue on doing what, what we've been doing. Surrender of that will to God is what brings us that sanctification. Getting rid of the old sinful nature that focuses on the self rather than on God. It's a transformation from top to bottom. Every part of our lives and, and, and the result of it, again, is that deeper relationship with God where we come to understand what He wants from us. It makes life easier for us. It, it makes the struggle more, more sweet. It, 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 it makes the, the, the path brighter that we're on. And what does a person look like that, that's been sanctified in this way? We're not just trying to understand what's happening to me, but becoming fully trusting in God and following what He has commanded. If you want to know what God's will is, first you've got to become obedient to what He has revealed to us. And then He'll reveal more and more to our hearts. What happens in, in this sanctification, this transformation, is that God's goals become our goals. It's not just about what I want to do, Lord, and, and, and not about ju just a future of, 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 of what's safe for me to do, or, or um, how, Lord, can I accomplish what I want to do. When we allow this transformation to happen, our goals become, or God's goals become our goals as well. We want to do what God wants, and, and, and we do it because we want to follow His will and be motivated by Him because of His love for us and because of the transformation He's given us. God's goals become our goals. The Great Commission, the upbuilding of His kingdom, telling others about Jesus Christ, tell, telling others about His will and way. There, there's a lot of people out there who have made God's goals their goals and that they've made a career out of it. Pastors and, and preachers and evangelists and, and uh, bishops and, and other, other leaders of the church. But it doesn't have to be just about making a career or a calling. It's talk, Paul is addressing everyone, all the brothers. When we make God's goals our goals, the path becomes clearer before us. We need to make God's goals our goals much more than what the culture has for us. And the, and the most important thing I think this, this life of transformation looks like, this, this life of, of the renewing of our mind, says we truly love other people and we put their welfare above our own. 
We defer to others. We're in traffic and that guy wants to pass us. Slow down. <laughs> Let him pass. We're in line and we're getting frustrated you know, because the, the line is going real slow. We just let it go and pray. Or when um, we get those bills and we don't know how we're going to pay them, we look to God and ask Him for His help. And help arrives. We, we, we don't let the things of the world frustrate us. We don't let the things of the world worry us. We don't let them weigh, weigh us down anymore. Yes, we still have the same troubles and cares and problems. But God helps us through this transformation to rise above them and to trust in Him and to seek His will and discern what He has for us. And when we do that, God makes life a lot easier for us and helps us on our way. So I want to ask you today, have you fully surrendered to Christ this morning? Have you fully given over to Him as a living sacrifice? If you're wondering about your life and, and what He has for you next, if you're wondering about a particular situation, you don't know how to handle it, if you're, if you're wondering about uh, that person who is gnawing at you and causing you problems and causing strife, if we surrender our lives to God, and we allow Him to work in us to, to transform us, we'll react in the way that He wants us to do, we'll act in the way that He wants us to do. And when we follow God's will, we can't go wrong. Doesn't mean always that that other person or that's, that will go away. Doesn't mean that the situation will go away. But it means that we can have that peace and knowledge in God that He is with us, that He affirms us. And that's ultimately what a, what a believer wants to do is it not, to please the God who made us and to experience the joy of His presence and the rewards that those, those things bring. Let's stand. Lord, I pray for these here. Maybe they've given their hearts and lives to You a long time ago. Maybe they've asked Jesus to be their Savior. Maybe they've asked for the forgiveness of sins. But they find that they're still struggling with doing what God wants. Or they're struggling with, with situations in their lives. They're, they're struggling with, with uh, family. They're struggling with um, enemies, people who hate them. That They're struggling with um, division and strife in their families. Maybe, maybe they're dealing with those difficult people around them. But they want to do what's right, Lord. They want to please you. They want to serve you in the right way. Lord, you've called us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us, Lord, to have your mind in all situations. Help them, Lord, here, to have your mind in all situations. But that only comes with a willingness, Lord, to allow it to happen. That only comes with a surrender. Help us to surrender everything to you, Lord, so that we can learn to discern what your will is. Because our mind must be transformed as well as our hearts, Lord. Our, we, we, our, our bodies must be transformed. Our 
sinfulness, our sinful nature must be transformed and done away with, Lord. Our, our nature within must, must be transformed. And we only do that, Lord, by allowing you to work. Help us to fully surrender to you so that we can have the transformation that we need in order to make the right decisions, Lord. All we have to do is ask by faith, Lord. All we have to do is pray and ask, Lord, help me to surrender my life fully to you and transform my mind, Lord, so that I can know what your will is in this situation. So I can do what's right, Lord. So I can please you, Lord. I need to remove self and my selfishness out of the way, Lord, and allow you to work fully in my life. And I hope that that's your prayer today. And I pray for these that are here. Lord, go with us as we leave here. Dismiss us from this place, but never dismiss us from your glorious presence. Go with us and be with us through our week. And it's in your name I pray and ask all these things. Amen.